but it's a new year. What do we do most often when the new year rolls around? What does society, what does culture tend to say we do? Yes, resolutions. We talk about resolutions. What are some of the top resolutions that probably some, if not all of us have tried? Lose weight. There we go. That's the biggest one. Lose weight because we got to look good because, oh, this summer I'm going to have the summer bod and not the previous bod. <laughs> Dad bod, mom bod, you know. Um, so losing weight. But that's kind of shifted to we're going to eat healthy, right? Because we can't, you know, if we're losing weight, that's not really the goal. We should be really eating healthy because eating healthy then leads to losing weight. So that's, that's a resolution that people tend to have. What are some other resolutions that we tend to have? Save money. Save, save money. Go on vacation. Finally go on a vacation this year. Yeah. Or let's buy a new car or let's get a house. So those, those are things that we tend to, to think of uh, in, in our resolutions. Uh, I, I've tried doing resolutions. I've sometimes been successful, sometimes not. I'm just kind of tend to like, if I'm going to have a res- resolution to, to do better, I don't need to wait till the new year to start. I should just start. But so in, in thinking about the new year, I, I had came across some reading during the holidays of this Jewish tradition called Keshbon Han Nefesh. Keshbon Han Nefesh. So if you want to throw that word up there, Keshbon Han Nefesh, or the accounting of the soul. Jewish tradition is not that they would make a resolution to improve themselves, but that they do a reflection or a looking back on the previous year and taking account of the year. What has gone well? How have my relationships with those that I feel are within my closest circle and then farther out from there, how have those relationships gone? How is my relationship with God the Father, with Yahweh, been? Have I done things for him like I should or have I kind of not? So they take account. How many of you like accounting? Balancing the spreadsheets or back in, in the day for me, you know, back in the day 10, 10 years ago, because I still had one, a checkbook. Anybody know what checkbook is? <laughs> All right, some of us know that, that paper thing. I still get checks from my grandmother, by the way. So she loves writing that that check so checkbooks you would have to take into account and then once a month you would get the statement and go okay check yes that one's here that one's there oh you know I overspent now I finally know after 20 days I've overspent my money Uh, so we take into account so that's what this is this idea is is to make an honest assessment of behavior and relationships in an effort to start the new year without any baggage So today, we're going to reflect on that. I'm not going to challenge you to make a resolution to start reading your Bible that if you haven't done it or join the the Bible app plan that Angela and a few other people are a part of. I'm not going to say you, let's resolve to do something, but let's, let's pause for a moment and let's reflect back. Yes, we're all about moving forward. Paul says that my eye is on the prize, but God also calls on us to pause for moments in our life and reflect on our behaviors and our attitudes and our thought processes. 
So unlike our, our resolutions, Jewish believers would resolve to improve relationships with family, friends, and the community, and with God. So we're going to do that today. Keshbon ha-nifesh. So if we look at all the way, just even in the beginning of the, the book of, even the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, we have the story of creation, Correct. You know, first day God did this, the second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. And then what does the, what does the end of that creation story say? God looked and saw that everything was good. So even in the practices that God established, he also looked and reflected on things. So if God the Father in the creation of the world even paused to reflect and evaluate his handiwork. Shouldn't we take some time to pause and reflect? Just because a store looks busy doesn't mean that it is profitable. I do some side work for a company that's an auction house, uh, auction warehouse. So we go and collect items from various stores, restaurants, uh, construction places, uh, just uh, businesses that are shut that have shut down because they've gone bankrupt. So, and you would not believe some of the places that we've gone in. the The restaurants are just greasy and and messy. Why? Because they've been busy at times, but then things change. Or there's stacks and stacks of paperwork, but just because there's stacks and stacks of paperwork doesn't mean they currently are profitable. And just because you walk into the mall of Scandinavia and you see all those people, you would think, okay, those, all those stores are doing well. That's not really necessarily the case. Just because customers are there doesn't mean they're buying. And so we, we look and take account for our souls. Just because we have things going on in our life doesn't mean we are progressing or moving forward or that those things in our life are going well. This kind of examination gets to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Anybody know that show? A few of you? All right. Our feelings, fears, prejudice, assumptions, beliefs, emotional state, internal dialogue, and decision-making process. This, these are things that we can look at and evaluate. We live in a systematic world. For most of us, our feelings influence our thoughts, right? And then also our thoughts influence our feelings. Just a circular motion then our decisions, they influence at times our feelings and thoughts, but also our thoughts also influence our decisions. Hence the pint of Ben and Jerry's that I had. My thoughts and feelings influence the decision to buy it and then go, oh, I'll devour it over two days. Nope, 20 minutes. You know, thoughts and feelings, sometimes decisions. Sometimes my decisions will then influence the thoughts and feelings. Nope, I'm not going to buy it today. And then I feel good because I didn't eat 4 million calories at one sitting. Habits, emotions, thought patterns, beliefs, identity can be changed through this process. But this is not an easy process that we go through. A, a reflection, a yearly reflection. Sometimes it's, we should just do this on a daily basis. 
but identifying those things that for us look at and go, okay, I got some areas to work on. It's not always easy for us to do, but we should do these changes. We should make these identifications with the grace of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Psalms 19, 12 through 13 says this, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sin. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and innocent of great transgression. It's really hard to do this on our own. Most people can feel, probably feel like they can be a, a success nine times out of ten if they are doing this on their own. But sometimes it's that last point, that tenth one that we don't get to that really can be the huge hind, uh, stumbling block in our life. A friend of mine, uh, a group of guys that I'm a part of, uh, we talk about life and the things that, that bother us and, or, and how we try to get better. And he likened this idea, this process of evaluating our life like a farmer plowing a field. Now, for me, I, I can see this because it's very easy. We live out on Iakara. There's all kinds of farmland. So you drive, one day you drive out there and there's crops growing and it looks really nice. And then a few weeks later, you know, they've harvested it. And then a few weeks later, they're turning up the soil. But when you see it after the harvest, it kind of looks nice and flat and, and clean. But then after they come through and, and till up the soil a second and a third time, then there's these rocks that are there. And he likened it to that, those farmers. We have our, our life, everything seems nice, flat, and pretty good. We, we harvest parts of our life, you know, bring in the good. Then we replant some new seeds. But for that, we need to till up the soil, get things churned up again before we plant the seed. And it's when that churning up again happens, it's when, oh, there's a rock here. Oh, there's a rock there. Some rocks are easy for us to just pick up and, and throw to the side, but other rocks can at times be huge and ginormous. You drive through any of the fields here in Sweden, sometimes you'll see just piles of rocks out in the fields because when the farmers are tilling things up, they, there's the rock and they throw it into the pile. So at times we can manage the small rocks, but when those large rocks come in, we don't always have the dynamite to blow things up. We need the Holy Spirit to come in and help us. Just as David said, who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant from willful sin, that they may not rule over me. Then I will be blameless. So David is saying, I need to rely on you, Father, on you, Holy Spirit, to help me in this process. Sin has rooted in all of our lives whether it's what we feel is large and enormous sins or small sins, we all have it there. We need God's help at times to pull things out because we might be okay with how we are living our life. Yet the word of God and we develop the relationship with Jesus, he's going to say, but I need you to give up this area. No, but God, I'm good. I'm good. Life is going well. I, I'm not going to give you that one spot. I'm not going to give you that attitude or, or thought pattern because everything's going well. I'm, I'm serving you. I'm loving you. Life is going well. But he's saying, but I need you to remove it so we can become closer, 
so you can become more of the man or woman that I've called you and I've destined you to be. It's not about just doing enough to get by. But it's about doing what the Father, what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do so we can do His will and not ours. Yes, we may have a great plan. We may have some great desires for 2023. But it's ultimately up to God, the the path and the direction that, that we go. We make the choices that get us there. But He has desires for our heart. Sometimes those desires feel awful. We just look at it and go, God, I don't want that. I want this instead. Let me go here. But as we yield ourselves to the choices that he has for us, life turn, ends up turning out much better than we ever thought or dreamed it could be. It may seem scary. It may seem an unwanted choice in those moments. But as we obey the Heavenly Father, then the goodness of God can be poured out in an even greater measure. So we have to open up new areas. We have to confess sins. We have to allow healing and reconciliation. We see that in Romans 6, 11 through 19, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 21, and Titus 2, 11 through 15. I know they're not up there. Just giving you some supporting scriptures. But here, this thought is up there. Since our thoughts and emotions are primary drivers for behaviors, it is critical to redirect our thoughts and minds to God again and again in order to create new habits of the heart and mind so that we may seek God as our source for everything. Our thoughts and emotions are primary drivers for behavior, so it is critical to redirect our hearts and minds to God again and again in order to create new habits of the heart and mind so that we may seek God as our source for everything. Society and culture says, hey, you can do it, you can, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it all by yourself. But the reality is, the Word of God says, you can't do everything on your own. You need me. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what, it, what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So as we do some reflection as we do this, as we account our soul and our behaviors, we're able to realize, okay, God, show me some new areas. Show me some things that I need to change. That is what this Romans 12, 2 is saying. It's the ability to renew our mind. To renew, we have to realize what is old and what needs to be erased or removed. When I renew the paint around the window in my bathroom because everything's cracking in there right now from all the moisture, I'm going to have to scrape some of the old paint away. I'm going to have to sand some of it clean. If I just paint right over the top of the, the, those cracks in the paint, what's going to happen? I might put enough on there that, that it's going to look good for a few days, weeks, maybe a few months, but then the cracks are going to come again, right? 
to renew or to make it look better, I have to remove the old. That's what, that's what the writer of Romans is saying. That's what this practice is saying. Sometimes we need to intentionally look back. Holy Spirit, help me out. What do I need to remove? When I do the scraping on that window, I don't just scrape the parts that are bad. I scrape the entire thing because I need a uniformed surface. And if that old stuff is fine now, it might not be fine in a few weeks. So it's removing, even though it looks good, even though things in your life are going well, we should evaluate and remove those things the Holy Spirit asks. So how do we do this? How can we make this happen? Well, we could just make it a yearly process. Sometimes that's a lot more difficult because we get into a holiday mood or mode, not mood, we get into things and, and patterns and habits of life. So how do we step down and make this a little bit easier? Because sometimes it's also doing all that work to scrape everything away once a year is, can be a lot of work sometimes. Sometimes household projects are easy to take bits and pieces at a time. So we can do a daily reflection God, and, and analyze me and God and me and others. All right, God. How did I do with you today? Did I spend some time with you today? You know, I realize schedules are this, that, or the other thing. But did I spend some time with you today? Did we legitimately connect? Whether that good connection is five minutes or I needed the great connection of 10, 15 minutes. Was it quality time, not just quantity time that I spent with you today? God, did, did I do those things that you asked me to do today? Did I tell my coworker a little bit about you? Did I share my story with them to help them see that you work in the, the hidden places of our lives to bring about those good things that you want? How did I serve you? Where could I have grown today, Father? Did I grow today? Sometimes we can't see growth in daily moments, so we may not always have that answer. But sometimes we can also see that there is a daily decrease in our life. So we don't just say, where did I grow? But where did I fall short today? How can I get better in those processes? And then we look at, at others, our relationship with other people, our inner circle, our circle of family, friends, of influence, in those relationships, did I take a step forward? Did I make myself vulnerable to allow a growth in that process? Because to grow, we have to be vulnerable at times. We can't just hold back. We can't just keep everything to ourselves. But we can be vulnerable in the ways that we are created. Because not all of us are extroverts. We had that conversation with my wife's foster mom over this holiday. She came down to see us. We were talking about, are you introverted or extroverted? And then there's the realization you can be an extroverted introvert and an introverted extrovert. Trying to decide which, which way do we think that we lean. So not all of us are going to build relationships the same. But we all should be building relationships. I also saw this, this thought um, from a pastor in New York. 
He said that if you take into account the time that Jesus spent, if you just say Jesus spent with his disciples eight, on average eight hours a day for three entire years, that's over 8,000 hours that Jesus spent with his, each disciple. And yet they still fell short in the end. How much more do we as followers of Jesus need not just the one hour on Sunday, but the daily by minute by minute interaction with our Heavenly Father and with each other to help us grow and to become stronger and better and more mature in who the Father is. And then we also dig, dig down in, into these questions. We look at the why. Why did we make the choices we made? We analyze the causes for the actions. We just say, Father, help me in this process. Help me to understand. There's a biblical foundation for this evaluation for our soul, for our life. And yeah, we can just do it on a year by year, but it also helps to, to take account on a daily, if not a weekly basis. Lord, how am I doing? How can I grow? How can I get better? I mean, those, the guys that lift weights and gals that lift weights in the gym, they often track their progress. Why? Because they want to see how they're doing, getting better and better. Where can they improve? Where are they stuck? Are they, have, been they doing, have they been doing the same thing over and over? So do they need to change things up a bit? So yeah, we can do it yearly, but it's not always as effective as if we do it at least on a weekly basis. So I want to challenge you with that today. I challenge myself. I've been doing a lot of reflection in these last few weeks. Keshbon Hanifesh, a Jewish practice of accounting for our soul. So this morning, as we just put some soft music on, I'm just going to open up this time for you to take some personal reflection. Yeah, we have some fika that's here for us today, and we're going to enjoy that in a few minutes. But let's just take a moment to pray. Say, Father, search my heart. Know what's on the inside. Reveal to me those things that I need to account for. Where do I need to improve? Where am I doing great at? Celebrate those things that you're doing well in. Don't just go, oh man, I'm, I'm so lousy over here. But also be excited and celebrate where you're growing and where there's been improvement and where you're doing fantastic at. Because we should celebrate those things. Not just be like, oh, I can't lose weight again. But oh, I have lost. I've ate, eaten healthy for two full days. That's good. Let's celebrate the good things that God brings to our minds. Then let's also do the same and reflect, okay, how do I need to improve? Use the motivation of those good feelings of what you've improved on to help you continue to improve in your life. So just take a few minutes to pray. You can do it by yourself. I'm going to be up here if you'd like me or Angela to pray with you. We'll do that as well. And then after a few minutes, I'll come back up and close in a word of prayer.